Nick, how are you? Not bad, brother. Not bad. How about you? I, I'm, I'm, I feel a profound weight, man. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm nervous. Uh, I'm frustrated. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm empathetic. Uh, I'm compact. I mean, I'm overwhelmed like this tidal wave of emotion yeah. and they're changing every single time I look at my feed, I read a story, I watch the news. It's, it's, it's the most unstable I've been since probably when I got out of the service. Yeah, I agree, brother. I agree, man. It's a, it's, it's a weird, uh, vibe, you know, energy in the atmosphere in America right now. You know, it's a really, really, those, I think those who are just in tune, if, with just human spirit, man, are just uh, uh, just humans in themselves. If you're in tune with that, I think those people can feel it. You know, there's an un- uneasiness, a disturbance in the atmosphere, man. The there is. has been disturbed. Yeah, yeah it, substantially. Like there's oh, yeah. a shift. There, there was a paradigm shift. And it's, and it's a shift that we've experienced, not in this context, but certainly post 9-11, right? Oh, yeah. Big, big shift in consciousness. Um, you know, uh, back before that, uh, you know, I remember as, I mean, I'm, I'm a little older than you are, but you know, in the eighties, man, in that cold war and there was, uh, when the wall came down, uh-huh. there was this sensation yeah. of relief, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's, I guess history is about that. It's these paradigm shifts in consciousness. Exactly. I a hundred percent agree with that, man. I think that, dude, it depends on, I think that we look at time too linear, you know? Who's to say time's linear? And it's not just this big thing that we can't describe, I guess, in a three-dimensional space. You know, it kind of exists all around and you interact or you uh, come in points in contact with different portions of this thing uh, throughout time and history. And it's not so much repetitive. It's like an awakening of, a, of an energy, man, that, that sometimes needs uh, a sign of cleansing. If you look all the way back in biblical times, there's been times where you know, the earth, our, our human uh, nature has to be cleansed every once in a while, once it becomes too polluted. And I mean, just the way things are and the energy and, and being on the ground and you look on the news or you look at your, or your feet or anything like that, you can see anger. You can see all the emotions you described, you know, and emotions. I look uh, like, what are emotions, you know, and either that you can be a slave to emotion, you can let it control you. Uh, you're only, you know, in control of your own, of who you are and your emotion. You have complete mastery of that. So to give something or something else that power, you know, it's, 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 we're in a weird time, weird time. And it's a struggle, bro. It's a struggle, you know, of being able to stay on which side of the, although the, the energy war, spiritual war that you're <laughs> on, whatever you want to call it, which side you're on. It's, it's a big tug of war, man. It's all emotion. Let me let before we get into kind of you know where you're rooted and and, and how you're individually processing this. You were mm-hmm. out on the streets in San Antonio the last uh, few nights, right? Yep, yep. And heading and, out again today. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I I love San Antonio. I did my paramedic refresher down there, man, mm-hmm. in the hospitals and ERs. I you know went into all the neighborhoods. I I, mm-hmm. I just fell in love with that town. It's right. such a beautiful town, and and what's really special 
also about it. It really is a town of immigrants, right? It's a town yeah, of yeah. built around this cross border relationship. It and, is. And it's just, there's, there's just great energy in San Antonio. I always felt. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. But when I, you know, I see you out on the streets there, it, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? What kind can you describe the energy that you've been seeing day in? Oh day? yeah. Dude, it's, um, it's on, it, it, it's, it's, I, all right. So there's a large group of people that, you know, have, in my opinion, some, <laughs> some pretty, you know, relevant, uh, you know, things that they want to be, a, that, that need to be addressed, you know, um, is there police brutality that run, that, that may run rampant in certain departments? Statistically, there has to be, you know, um, I've seen it from where, from where I grew up at, you know, even to this day, I've had the cops called on me, uh, geez, last year, you know, I've had some things said to me and my son for him being biracial. Um, so it's, wow. dude, my wife's family disowned her because she married a black or had a wow. kid with a black guy. Yeah, wow. it was fine. Dude, it, it's a long story, not even a long story. It's just, it's one where I've, you know, I've sat face to face with, with the, you know, her parents and, and family and, and to be told, you know, it's okay to be a friend, but, you know, to marry one's kind of like, I never knew that. I thought that, dude, you could marry anybody or you could right. have a relationship with anybody. So to have that and, you know, once my son was born, it became, you know, I wash my hands of this is what oh, they said. Oh, man. Yeah, man. So is your, have, is your son aware of any of that ill will or just is he not? No, he he's, he's three now. And the last image or the last time he's ever uh, like seeing anybody was, and he was an infant, like a few months after. And you know, I'll never forget it, standing right in my doorway in my living room. And dad said to him, uh, it, he said something on the lines of like, I'll be, I'll see you some other time or something like that. And he was uh, holding him, looking at him. And then he just handed him off, handed him off and never seen him in three years. Oh. Hadn't talked to her in three years. And oh, I'm so sorry. Her, yeah. I've had the mom tell me, yeah, it's, it's, it's because of, you know, it's not, it's taboo in that culture, which is, it's sad. She's not like that, you know? Yeah. She's not like that. And um, neither am I, you know? Uh, it, it's weird. So I've had experience with that, but the, being on the ground of San Antonio and, and in the, the protest, I agree with concerns and grievances that, that a certain demographic people feel that they have or may be experiencing. And that energy is heavy. You know, you could, you can, you, it, it's not the same, man. Like I've, you know, when the riots in Baltimore were happening, me being from and around that area, it's, there was like, a, I had a connection with Baltimore and, and seeing where that was going. I had friends who, who lived there and worked there uh at walgreens uh, the manager of walgreens i grew up with this guy and and getting his perspective from it it this is totally different man it's different and i think the reason why is because these small groups of not even small groups man now i kind of use that term when i say small i'm using that relative to the large mass of the right. demonstration itself so okay let's say out of a thousand people there were 50 to 100 bad people who dudes came out of nowhere, man. It was like the most, it was almost borderline coordinated, you know, yeah, man. of how they came out of nowhere and just infiltrated the crowd and started doing their own thing. Like the protest was going legitimately peaceful. Dude, I got pictures with cops, you know, wow. uh, one of the cops stopped me and he was like, dude, are you, are you Nick Irving? And we, dude, we talked about my book and the next book, we talked about life and his kids and stuff. So did I have no quarrel with anybody? The only thing I have, 
you know, any negative ill will towards is, is, is evilness, you know? Mm -hmm. So seeing that demo, that demonstration turn the way it did, the news stations that were down there kind of had no, you know, no option, but to focus on, on the chaos. So following the, this, uh, this group, dude, they had to be, there were some guys, maybe 16 out there, man. Wow. Like spray painting things that were like irrelevant to what the entire cause was supposed to be about. I got video of, you know, guys spraying East side. It became a gang thing later on. Of, Interesting. And then there were, you know, bloods down there. I'm familiar with gang stuff and, and like the different calls and stuff like that from, yep. you know, and, and I'm like, dude, this is, they're gangs out there. They're criminals out here, you know, and they're young, the demographic of the age makeup and, and who they were, it was, you know, black and Latino and, and white, but they were all doing the same criminal activities and showed up at the same time. And that was weird, wow. you know, and they completely hijacked the whole movement. And once they came into the large group, uh, group of people, I get it when the police officers don't have, uh, dude, it's hard to, to, you know, discern who's who. It's nighttime. You just see chaos in, the, in, a, in a group of people. And then you shoot that crowd with a, you know, pepper spray to disperse it. Dude, I have my gas mask because I get that, you know? Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, one of the big things that in, through our, in our day and age, you know, going overseas, we, we, you never knew who the enemy was. They didn't have exactly. uniforms. They, they melted into the civilization, the populace. So, I mean, this is something that, you know, antagonists, if you were provocateurs, yeah. have known to do forever. But yeah. what I found, what really stunned me was that first video of the auto zone in Minneapolis of the guy who broke the windows. I don't know if you saw that one yet. No. There's a video of a guy, I swear to God, Nick, if this dude was not trained in some type of operational context, oh. then I'm lying. Totally kitted out, top cover, face mask, umbrella to protect from sprays or whatever, rocks or anything over his head. Goes mm -hmm. in, knew exactly where to smash the window out, bottom right corner, bam, yeah, one pop. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Bam, one pop, bam, goes all the way out, confronted, and immediately went on his E&E &E path. And I was like, I, I looked at John, I'm like, that dude's an operator. That dude knew exactly what he was doing. And so I was wondering, you know, is, do you see that sense of, of coordination of that, hey, Bro, let's, let's vilify I'm, this. I'm so glad you just brought that up. I swear to you, right, uh, right before we started the interview, um, we have this neighbor app that I'm a part of mm -hmm. and wife pulls up this concern around our neighborhoods that there's being shipments of bricks, bro, dropped off. So I'm going to go see it and investigate myself after this interview. But I'm like, if this is true, man, and from on the street, this is what they've been saying, like little rumors. It's weird how they operate this whole movement, right? And of like going into residential neighborhoods. And I heard that yesterday, yep. two days ago, I heard that. Yeah. And now hearing this, I, and dude, the bricks, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's all weird. And I hate, you know, conspiracy stuff, but I'm like, I do believe that, okay, let's just throw this out there. Let's say that the, there are some powers that be that are really, really high up and they believe a certain thing and they believe that certain, let's say, prophecies uh, should be fulfilled. You know, uh, you have to get that started. You have to allow a certain energy to open up. It's like, a, you know, I'm not in I'm not I don't claim to be an occultist or anything like that. I'm a spiritual person. I just I like knowledge. Yeah. You know, I've, I love reading the Bible just as much as I love reading 
you know, occult science or occult Christianity, whatever, you know, and there's a correlation between all. I think that it all kind of derives from the same path. I just think that the way of Yeshua. Interesting. Where, where is it coming from a a genuine sense within each of us to find a, a, a moral framework that we can operate within? Is that, is that really what we're tasked to do? I honestly do believe so, man. I think that portals are opened up and it's all based off of like emotion and stuff. So right now, if you go down and you have this uh, violence and destruction and, and all this and that, there's some people who are going to cater to that. It's the mob mentality. And then there's, it, it's going to be hard not to meet violence with violence or, or things of that nature. I mean, once you, it, it's hard to look at, man, but I think that some doorways are open up and, and you know, it, it's, we live in some weird, strange times. And I read a lot of stuff that it just, it, it, it comes off as, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that we're in, it, we're always in a constant struggle between what's on the inside, the things that scientists can't talk about because we mm-hmm. can't observe it or measure it. Right. And dude, I, I think that we're in a struggle between good and evil, right and wrong right now, you know, and depending on how you view life or, or what reality we've built up, on this veil that we keep over our face, our eyeballs, and, and what we allow for our eyes to see and take yeah, in man. and feed our souls, man. Filters. Um, you kind of, uh, you know, can be steered in the wrong or right direction, depending on how you look at it. So it's, ask, a, it's a battle. It's a battle. Let me ask you this. When, when obviously, I, I, you know, as, as any, anybody who, who strives for knowledge, you're, you're going to do everything you can do to gain a total, a total grasp of the oh, yeah. situation. So uh-huh. as you were going from person to person asking them, why are you out here? Why are mm-hmm. you protesting? What were you getting back? And, yeah. and from okay, who? Okay. So here's the cool thing. The only people who would not answer this question were the guys who were trying to stay off camera doing the bad stuff. And they would just shout a gang thing or something. Everyone I did ask, it was for the oppression or the systematic uh, systemic racism and for police brutality. And it became not about black. That was the thing that, you know, and even I feel this way. Like, bro, I come from a very diverse, you know, uh, background. My great, great grandfather, like, owned slaves. You wow. know what I mean? And I wouldn't, and he was a white guy, you know? So uh, my grandmother, great, great grandmother, you know, of course, and here we are. But, uh, <laughs> Dude, it's a long background. I have, you know, Puerto Ricans. I have Rastafarians. I have, you know, all type, a big mix of, of, of culture in, in, in my, you know, background. So I look at it as this is not even a, a black and white thing anymore. You know, I think that it's just the nature of anything that has allowed too much power. You know, yeah. when you, you have so much power that you don't know the limits to it or you've exercised that power so much, it's, it's hard to. To, to know when to shut it off or where that, that line is, when it's too much power, when it becomes authoritarian or when it becomes uh, aggression, you know? So, I, and there's always going to be people that uh, mess it up for, for a larger group of people, you know, but this larger demographic of everybody you asked of the, the protesters stood with justice for everybody. You know, it wasn't about just black anymore. And, and bro, being a black guy, like I get, I can see where stereotypes you know, can kind of take over the larger picture of certain things, right? And, you know, being the black, only black guy in, in third range battalion for a long duration of time and the first sniper there to serve in the global war on terrorism deployed is, you know, I get a chance to, to see different perspective and I've also had the chance to be the fly on the wall when people don't know you're there. 
Right. So it's, it's one of those things where as a black guy and from the culture that I know, it's that forgiving people, you know, nonviolent. And we dude, I'm cool with everybody. That's just the nature of what I think that the African-American as a whole culture is all about. You know, dude, anybody could come to a barbecue, man. You know, I don't need meat anymore, but dude, dude, I come to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm all about it, man. I think that some, uh, a larger narrative or we let, we've let a narrative get taken away um, and allowed stereotypes to, to be cast upon certain demographics, you know, where I'm from, we looked at, you know, white guys a certain way. And, you know, there was a thing that I even believed at one point until I actually met a, a white guy who was like, what, you know, wow. You know, he was one of those guys that like, dude, white guys can't fight. We would fight. It was a thing in our neighborhood. Yeah. It was an all black community. And I won't say his name, but his last name was Love. And we decided to test that theory. Yeah. And he wasn't playing, man. It was a bad mistake. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was on our side after he was cool with us after that, man. But he came from, I'll never forget him. He came from New York. But, uh, so there's an interesting, there's an interesting thing going on there, right? Is, is yeah. those, those preconceived, those taught um, yeah. concepts that we learn. Cause as I'm, I'm one of those people that believe no child is born hating, right? It's we're mm-hmm. the product yeah, of our cultural environments, our subcultural environments, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hit that point and what's interesting is like, all right, they can't fight. So we're going to fight and we're going to prove this. And then through the fight, <laughs> found peace. Exactly. And, and there's a component of that that I think is being missed. Like, cause what I'm hearing, you know, and, and the, what I'm seeing out there is, is if you stand at all for black lives matter movement, or if you stand at all for this, this, injustice of, of police brutality or, or, or racism, systemic racism, mm-hmm. then y- you don't know it. You're, then you're not for cops. Then you're, mm-hmm. then you're against America. And then mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're this and you're like, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I, I, I believe that, you know, there needs to be an aggressive dialogue. There mm-hmm. needs to be some truth spoken and, 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 and people to gravitate towards whatever the collective uh, solution might be. Mm-hmm. But when, when, you, when you see this happening, was it, is this something that you predicted at all? Oh, no, dude. No, man. Like, no, man. Never in a million years. Like, yeah. I just had my, I would have, it's sad to say this, bro, but like having a, a, a kid for me, another one right now, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. I don't know, you know? Daddy might have to go back to being the old the old guy he used to be, you know. So it's it's. Oh, I'm it's driving weird. my 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 fiance. When the, <laughs> of course, when the whole pandemic thing kicked off, I had to get out all my kit. I had to build yep. her kit. I got all my my ghost stuff out. We've got our place we go to and all that. And, oh yeah. And now I'm saying those things because I had said, all right, there's a there's a sequence of events that we need to pay particular, you know. Uh, uh, close attention to and once there are national guardsmen on the street bro then that's where we're at a critical threshold very 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 bro it is okay so man i'm not going to get into the whole new world order thing you know but there i mean is there a push for a a united uh, globalization of like humanity under one umbrella. Yeah, yes, there is. 
Yeah, we we look at ancient philosophy and how much they've preached about it, talked about it, all the way to the Bush era where he, you know, announced the New World Order. So it's it there is an agenda for it, whether or not we understand that concept of the timeline that they operate on. I'm not sure, but I do think that where we're at is a teetering point. You know, when 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 the military start getting on the streets and patrolling the streets, it may seem uh, like it's a uh, having a, a a defensive force on your neighborhood to prevent certain looters to come in. And I get that. But then, like I said, with power, you got to know where to cut it off. There's a teetering point to where that becomes the new normal, you know, just like getting on an airplane, taking off your shoes and getting a colonoscopy before you go on the airplane <laughs> became the new normal, you know? So especially after you've got a couple pumps down range and you're still spread Eagle, right? you know, you've got tattoos and you got long hair and you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh totally, yeah, man, totally, dude. So it's our the new normal can become weird after a while, and it becomes you know I don't know, uh, it be it, yeah really weird, really weird, man. Well, let me ask. I don't want you, this to look like Iraq. No, oh God, can you? Or, or I don't want it to look like our own civil war. I, Do you I, get I, right? I, I, right. That's where I'm at, man. And and uh -huh. people don't get that. That's how easily things can go. I mean, it, and it takes a small. It takes one shot. One that's shot. It. One shot. And, yep. And I'm like, I don't know what happened to all these hospitals, man. Like, are they taken down now that we built up for the pandemic? <laughs> I don't know. There's they built a lot of hospitals that no one ever occupied. You know. Yep. I don't know, man. I. I you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is, is, you know, because I think we've had such remarkable technological advancement, we somehow mm -hmm. assimilate that to a, a, a consciousness advancement, right? Where mm -hmm. we're much more tolerant, we're much more available. I think, you know, people, you know, this woke mentality, whatever that mm -hmm. might be, I think mm -hmm. people like to project that sensation, but down deep, man, there's still, there's still a component that's divisive, right? In particular, oh, yeah. depending upon how you were raised and what you mm -hmm. were taught as a child, and, you know, and, and I, I think the illusion that be, just because we're, you know, I don't know, 75, 80, 80 years past the civil rights movement, past this. I mean, you know, the, the last lynching I found was in the 90s, right? And, the 90s? Yeah, I think it pretty, I think. I did not it, know that. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, early 90s or what? late 80s. Yeah, man. And I, I did, I started doing all this research oh. and because I like, you know, I'm a history crazy fanatic and, and mm -hmm. that show about Grant came on the History Channel. Oh, I want, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and what you... What made, what really resonated with, with with me was his sensation. No, you know, you know, their un, unequivocal uh, surrender. That's it. There, there is no other option. The only mm -hmm. way we can move through this is to the total annihilation or defeat of this said consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that's worrisome to me because mm -hmm. just because we're 180, 50, 60 years later does not mean we're not capable of that level of destruction. Dude, I, and if, I don't know, if a system, and I'll, I'll, the last message, I think that uh, most of that, so back to the message real quick, was just, you know, the overall uni uh, unity for Americans, you know, not yeah. to have this oppressive state, to be able to walk out in the street and not get, you know, uh, where's the papers, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that type of, 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 of government. But then you had the other side that was, uh, along the lines of what you just said now of, of 
uh, the end of the establishment, you know, uh, of, of just monetary gain, monetary gain, um, suck it all, you know, all of all the money and then you get pensions or you get little, little portions of, of all the, 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 the hard work you put in. I, I saw that too. So I don't know if, if an establishment did have all the money and it was in jeopardy of being dismantled or uh, it's, 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 uh, uh, I guess it's issues that it's that it has in its uh, in its own right. Let's say taxes, for example. You can have a, a company make X amount of money, billion, trillion dollars, and pay you know more than what anyone in America who pays the taxes you know who pays their taxes pay. Um, I think that could that be a problem? Too many loopholes in the system that everyone should be granted access to, and not just really really high up individuals. I think that may be an issue too. And if everybody did have that power at that point you know uh it, it kind of would even the playing field and everybody are the, the guys who are uh profiting the most from it really really wouldn't have any edge in the game so i would kind of want to you know destroy that way of thinking too if if they were a threat to my way of making large sums of of, of, <laughs> of you know money. unchecked cash right exactly yeah exactly let me let me ask you this if do you think that the country was was primed if you will because we had just hit this come through this sensation of completely giving up our rights we said okay we agree we we don't know what's going on we'll mm -hmm. stay home we'll lock down we won't we'll give up our livelihoods to make sure the betterment of the of the masses uh -huh. right uh -huh. even even in these in certain high crime areas Crime went right. down because there was a collective effort to recognize, hey, let's try and save some lives. At least that's what everybody – and then it, over time, that, that, yep. that 45-day mark where human minds after isolation will get a little contorted, exactly. we start to – wait wait a minute. Maybe we're giving too much up. Maybe they're, the people in power are trying to control us. Uh -huh. And so it was – the entire country was primed, and then obviously, you know – the, the Aubrey case that happened mm -hmm. just several weeks before yeah. uh, George Floyd, you know, that was the, the kindling that started yeah. this, this radical shift and saying, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent agree, man. I think that, you know, does it happen all the time? Yes. Does it happen? You know, when, when the cameras are off? Yes. And I think that, do we need this moment? To, to a certain degree, you know, I think once the destruction and once people's livelihoods, you know, dude, I, it's so, it, it's, it's weird when you have a family and the older you get, it's like, I look at things like, I don't want this in my front yard, dude. I don't want to kill anybody either. Yeah. Right. You know? Imagine that. Imagine all of a sudden this young 14, 15 year old kid gets talked into by their, their peers and their group that they're trying to assimilate because they don't have any other uh, affiliations that make them feel motivated and self-confident yep. and all this. And all of a sudden you're going to go into this neighborhood and you're going to go, you're going to go Molotov cocktail that house. Well, Bro. that house is Nick Irving yep. and he, you know, and it's, it's going to change. Your I've, life. I've told my son and I made a, 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 you know, a vow to him, dude, I would erase the earth, you know, if anything were to ever, if I've had the inkling that something was going to happen to him, I would erase it. So it, it's to even have to think that way or even to even perceive something like that could happen or the threat of it happening. It's like, dude, we fought overseas and all this and that, not even trying to bring all that up, but it's like to come back, 
and even to have the threat of someone possibly bombing your house or, or throwing rocks and stuff or, and bricks through your home and stuff like that. Dude, it's, it's scary. And at the same time, it's, you know, who you are shooting still Americans, you know? Yeah. Do I have an issue with defending myself? Obviously not, but there's going to come a point in time later on in the, in the future where you have to go back and like relive that just like, I, you know, I've had to deal with certain demons, you know, mm-hmm. and whether it's justified or not, you know, the life of dude, anybody, especially an American who may have been caught up in a mob mentality, the taking of that life, I think may have effects on certain people, on anyone, you know, on anyone. But it's, it's weird to even have to think that way. Now, you, you had mentioned that growing up, you were introduced to the arts early and you were introduced mm-hmm. to the classical arts. You were yeah. introduced to music through Beethoven and Mozart and, mm-hmm. and Bach. And, and how did that, combined with your parents both serving, how did that shape your worldview as a young man growing up? Dude, my uncle, my two uncles, not family, not blood related, but uh, living in Maryland, we, the only family we had were, you know, my mom, my dad, and their friends, you know, uh, so we had friends who became uncles and stuff like that, and, and aunts, so I had an Asian uncle, a white uncle, uh, Mexican aunt, Puerto Rican aunt, uh, dude, it's, it's all around the board, you know, yeah, my aunt Tony, she's Puerto Rican from Bronx, New York. Yeah, so it's a, it's it's all you know different cultures that my parents were introduced to, and I was introduced to as a very very young, you know, since I was born, like the birth of me, and I just I never looked at dude. I always thought, my honest opinion, when I first saw my wife in the in the first grade, I just thought that certain people were black, but different shades. <laughs> and they had different because my hair on my own, I have hair on my arms, but you can't, it's blonde. Yeah. And the tips of my hair gets blonde, or you know, certain strands of it get blonde. Right. Um, so I just thought people had different, you know, lengths and, and textures of hair in different shades. I never knew that I didn't know my wife, it was a classification of like, you know, Mexican or anything. I thought yeah. that, oh yeah, she's light skinned black, you know. I never saw anything. The beauty other than of that. that, man. The, yeah. the innocence of that, right? My uncle, my white uncle, I just thought he was a very light-toned white. If you ask my mom, dude, I have old baby pictures. Dude, I have one over here of me. And my mom got mad at the doctor who, uh, I was born in Germany. And they said, oh, he's really bright. Uh, My mom initially thought that they were talking about, oh, he's bright, like smart bright. But it kicked in, Um, you know, freshly born. There's no way they're talking about that. Dude, I was bright white. You know, I was very, very bright. So I don't know. I never, I never really uh, was exposed to too much racist stuff. It was yeah. when I got out into being exposed to my neighborhood and where I kind of settled in a community where predominantly all black. And then you hear different things and you see different things and wonder different things. Dude, my next door neighbors were, you know, drug dealers. Yeah. Um, but then I've watched my dad go next door. It was one night, bro. They were partying way too loud. And my dad got up in his boxers. He worked at the police department at the time as a dispatcher, uh, dispatcher. And he got up out in his boxers, and I was so scared. I was like, "Oh my, my dad's going up with some drug." They were listening to Tupac, bro. Yeah. And for me at that time it was like, "Yeah, you're like, don't do that, right? dude." Came back a few few minutes later, and the music went off. Music was turned down, and I thought my dad was the baddest man on the planet, you know. <laughs> but that's how I was. I, I was raised around so like different cultures to know that. 
you know, don't be in fear of your own people. You know, shut that down too. If you see bad, if you know bad, don't be timid of people who are classified as as thugs or whatever. That that image that they put off. Um, I've learned to accept and to see people for for, for for you know people. We all have different upbringings and backgrounds, but and different defense mechanisms, right? Exactly. We, if you come from a place where it is a fight every day, uh-huh. literally and figuratively. Yeah. You you I mean, look at what happens as we go through the crucibles you go through, right? Whether it's Ranger mm-hmm. School, Buds, or whatever it is. When you start those, you are not as hard as when you finish. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, you know, this fat college dropout from Boca Raton, wow. Florida. And, and next thing you know, within, you know, a year or two, I'm, I'm, I'm a steely eyed killer or whatever that is. You That's know? badass, I, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. how does that transition happen? Wow. As, as human beings, as soon as we, as, as we strip away you know, the preconceived notions that have been thrust upon us or taught mm-hmm. to us, however you look at it, and we open ourselves up to be imprinted in a new way, we, be, mm-hmm. we can become whatever that is. Oh, yeah. And so my, 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 my interest is, is when you have so many different backgrounds, right, mm-hmm. coming together right now on this particular issue, how how do they how what is your best assumption on oh first off you know what mm-hmm. i'm jumping a gun on that let me slow down is the issue at hand systemic racism in america and within our law enforcement community is that what the issue is right now or is it bigger or more or less or contort what is it in your opinion? i think it's i think it's bigger i think those make up a portion of the larger message i think the larger larger message message also includes just uh, uh, the system as a whole of it taking advantage and the way things are. Um, I mean, if you look at, we've been doing things the exact same way, you know, for a very, 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 very long time. Even our schooling system, you know, the schools haven't changed, but everything else around it has. Um, there is a, it, there's an issue with the system as a whole as well, but systemic racism, I can say that, I mean, from a certain industry, let's say Hollywood, which, I got my views about that as well, <laughs> but being in it, I can say it exists 100%, bro. And you know when I noticed it? When I started growing out my hair. Wow. I noticed it from executives, bro, from producers. There's certain, I don't talk about certain things and there's some, but bro, it's, it's, it's real, man. Like being told certain things when you show up to an interview or on set or, and the, the why behind it, because the viewership may not accept the the look of me i may put off the image of something else with my hair being the way it is and i'm trying to appease to a white demographic because here's the stats dude i've been denied i've been denied no kidding bro like three shows as of late three shows and it's been because one was there's a show that's already aired but as when i began the process of throwing my hair out and not because of some rebellious type thing it was a a, for a spiritual thing yeah you know growth and what I, some things that I believe in. And the dread man. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I got, Rastafari, I got Rastafarian in my Solomon's in my hair, brother. Oh, yeah. I know right? it. Yep, yeah. Exactly. It's a representation, bro. So you're on it. You're on it. Yep. And yeah, man. Um, that's when I started to notice the, the, you know, I showed up to set one day and the producer of the entire show, you know, pulled me to the side. And he's like, Hey man, 
we got a call from Network. And they want to know if we can kind of, you know, do something with the hair, maybe trim it down a little bit, make you look a little bit more presentable for, you know, the, the, the public. And I looked at him. I was like, I've never been told that before. But no, you can't do that. You know, I've, uh, you can't. My son hasn't cut his hair since the day he was born. And it's down to his butt now. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it, it's it's weird. I've, I've, I've experienced it, man. Even going to a post office recently, denied a post office. Dude, the cops were called. Wow. Yeah, man. No. I wasn't allowed to get a it was I it's sad to say, but I knew it. Me, and my wife, my son were driving to, you know, get a I've never opened up a P.O. box before. So I looked it up online, paid for it online, and was gonna go get the key and all this. But as we were driving down there, I started to notice that this side of town looks like maybe not where I would should be at, you know? Right. And I shouldn't think like that, but from you know, past experiences and, and from where I grown up, it's like you don't go through certain parts, you know, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, I get in there and it was like, you know, what are you doing here type thing? And, uh, yeah, a lot of name, a little bit of name calling, uh, you know, old name calling yep. and that stuff, man. I had my ID stolen. Like he got my ID and then chunked it and uh, I couldn't get behind the counter to go get my ID that he wouldn't give back. And, Wow. Yeah. Lost all my paperwork that I just gave him. And that one, dude, it was about to get real for a wow. second. Wow. So I just decided to call the cops before it turns into. And what happened when they showed up? Was the experience positive with them in that case? Yeah. The cop, the cop showed up. It was a, a Hispanic cop that showed up and he, you know, just not even diffused the situation. It was uh, asking the guy what was going on. Dude, I had the manager or not the manager, but the, uh, I called the UPS or USPS post office hotline person and was right. talking to the guy, innocent guy on the other end of the phone. And it was like nothing much he could do. He was just, I can't believe this right now. He tried calling the guy wow. at the post office I was at, but he was like, nope, I won't do it. I don't, I won't do it. Oh, it was all over. I looked like I might uh, getting, be getting mailed in drugs and <laughs> stuff like mailing drugs to a post office. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even know you could mail drugs. You know, I thought, <laughs> I, I just caught the weed guy. And, it comes, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, wow. it was, it turned into that. My wife. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this then. All right. So, I mean, I mean, I just watched, you know, Dave Goggins just posted his first big thing on it and I need he, to watch that. I haven't seen oh it. my God, man. It's powerful. Really? And, and I've been oh, watching, I need to watch that. and I've been watching Remy stuff too. Right. And, mm-hmm. and these are people I know that have the, the as you the, the greatest perspective on all of this having mm-hmm. you know the recognition of of what it means to prop up a society as well as yeah. the recognition of the 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 divisions within a society from oh, yeah david was talking about when he was in high school they used to write the n-word on his car there was a uh-huh. group of kids that drew stick figures of him being uh lynched i've had that i've had that yeah yeah Wow. And I've had that. That's insane to me, you know, and, 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 and when you start to anybody, you stop and say, Hey man, what are your experiences? They're throughout the entirety of their lives. Uh-huh. And yeah. I've never, I've never thought to even talk about it because I've always thought that why, you know, why bring up negative stuff, I guess. And why, and I just never, I've always kind of shied away from it because you know what, bro, to be honest, to be completely honest, it just, I just thought about it right now, dude. I was, uh, because it's uncomfortable, you know, it's un- and that's a hundred percent just hit me right now. Like I never talked about it because it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable as a black guy to 
talk about it, you know? And that, that's weird. I never, yeah, it is. To hear your, I mean, one of the worst things in the world, right, is to openly admit that your perception of something is different than its reality. And that's what mm -hmm. we're seeing, I think, the yeah. backlash, right? What is the, the, the automatic response to this is, Oh, oh, you support that? You support uh, you support looting, you support this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like like I don't whoa, whoa, that's whoa, what whoa, gets whoa. me. I didn't know that that's how quick the narrative could change until I was like you don't support cops. I'm like what are you talking about? I don't I've never dude, I have cops in my family. My dad worked as a dispatcher at the police. Dude, I was I used to stay at work overnight with my dad and push the button to open up the the big door so the cops could come in. Like so yeah, I never I it, I'm against bad cops that are people who have uh, taken their power to the extreme or maybe come into a job with a preconceived notion of someone or I don't know, man. I also think that maybe there should be a little bit more vetting or process. I also think that the demographic of the police force should kind of match the demographic of the police, to, of the people that are policing, you know? It, it, I agree. Or at least in know? the majority, right? Exactly. Exactly. At least in yeah. the, and, and the concept, and I, I've seen a lot of this out there too, and I wanted to get your take on this. And as, as the country has intensified with its, its, uh, the spectrum of, of criminal enterprise, the spectrum of immorality, the spectrum of, of, of whatever, however you want to describe it, we, you've seen this uptick, this upswing mm -hmm. in the militarization of our police yeah. force, right? Yeah. And I saw someone posted the other day and, and you know, there, you know, it was a, a bunch of SWAT cops in their armored vehicle, full kit, you know, and uh -huh. saw someone just post a picture of a dude wearing quads and a suppressed M4 on the street. What? Last night. Yeah. Saw that in Chicago. Some dude what? with quads and a suppressed uh, weapon and, you know, like nice kit, like dialed in kit. And I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, you know, it Still is team the, six is on the floor. Right. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. What, Chicago's blue team, I think. But anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I'm like, I, I'm starting to go, man, is this, is, is this a requirement? Do we need this escalation because of this energy that's shifting, that's mm -hmm. boiling, that's coming up? Does the government recognize that? Because, I mean, I'll tell you what, my whole world got blown as soon as I went to work for the agency. And I started, uh -huh. and I was like, wait, that can't be the way it is. And they're like, yep, uh-huh. Been like this for a long time. And you're like, what? what? How is wow. that even so, you know, obviously, like you said, those in power, they, mm -hmm. will, they will do what they need to do to maintain control and the power. Yeah, yep. Are, are, is, is what communities seen in the militarization, the, the uptick in that presence, that, that, mm -hmm. that personification of dominance, is that another form of racism is that another form or is it a requirement because of the way how tactically organized organized crime is i mean i i know for a fact based on some friends of mine that uh ms13 or or some oh, of yeah. the cartels were bringing in former russian spetsnaz to train their people Ooh. so that i, I dude i mean you got some good points right there um Sorry, I, I have a tendency to bombard my guests at like 20. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, no, I, 
I just had some medicine a little earlier too. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. Know, yeah. Yeah. That was a lot to, what was your, uh, all right. So the, the question, point? the question is two, two questions. One mm-hmm. is where we're going as a, with the cut, military, with the military, the militarization of, of, is that just reinforcing the perception of racism? Wow. I, ah, that's a tough one, man. I think, Wow, that's a tough one. Does it reinforce racism? I think it it can be it can be looked at okay. I mean, I got two sides of it. And like I'm watching the, the news right now and watching cops like uh in that big SWAT gear and he's like pushing over an old man and a cane and I'm watching another one of a, a camera guy get us, you know, beat up Crush. pretty good. Yeah. So I think that in the moment for those guys, I can see how a situation can be that way, especially if you're not training day in and day out on it, and all you see is chaos. You know, it may, it, it's, it's kind of hard to react to it, and it's a lot of built-up alpha male, alpha energy in the area. So it's, it can go either way. But racism, the, I would say it can be looked at that. I could see how it could be looked at that, depending on – where it's deployed yeah. let's use ferguson for example are, are these little low-end or you know poor demographics they have the most you know that's a lot of money to buy that equipment but i can see how some of that money could also be used to build up a neighborhood as well and maybe improve an education so when you bring in that big military force of presence dude up from being on and i have family members who are you know great some worked at nasa you know, and I have some who decided to, that, that that path of good was not their path, you know, mm-hmm. got involved with the streets. And I've been, you know, one of my friends growing up, he's a uh, just got released from prison geez, earlier this year or jail. Good for him. Uh, from, yeah, man. And it was and in his right, he was like, you know, life changing. I grew up with this guy and he was a crip and uh, all this and that. And dude, it was a point in time where I wanted to be a part of that thing. And Luckily, it didn't happen, but looking at where his life ended and, and, and where it went, I'm glad it didn't happen that way. But, you know, charged for it was basically self-defense. But where we grew up at, that whole law of shooting is kind of like, ah. And, and it's not an innocent bystander, but the girl who was driving the car, of all the guys that were coming with guns that were already shooting at him, he started shooting back and she got hit. You oh, know? man. I'm and, all, and he was he cried about it, went to jail, did his time, and, and all this and that, bro. But, dude, I... I've also watched this guy, you know, at a certain time growing up, like never get in trouble, but something happened between him and you had beef with somebody. And I watched him take an SKS. I'll never forget it. I was just back from basic training and I thought he had like a big AK and I was like, what is that? And he let it off and hit some, yeah, hit a car down the street. And yeah, I watched a bunch of little kids come in the neighborhood and clean up all the shells and give it back to him and wow. so clean it before the cops got there. So I've never seen something like that, but I swear, you know, the guys that I knew and, uh, how he, do you, f- uh, I'm sorry, Nick, I, I just, this popped in my head. Cause the, the other mm-hmm. ridiculous thing I, I, I hear constantly is, and I've even found myself suggesting I'm, you know, the statistics, right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, black uh, on black crime. Black on black or white on uh, white cops on yeah. on black. Right, three three hundred and seventy deaths last year. Right, uh, uh-huh. and then uh, for for white on white, and then black mm-hmm. on on white. Uh, bla- white on black was like two hundred forty or some some around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're somehow trying to use this statistic as a debunker, right? Yeah. That hey, yeah. it, systemic racism doesn't exist there's just bad apples in the crowd mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and almost as if to say, Hey, those bad apples, they're not racist, but you know, we're, we're, the rest of us are doing great. We're really policing at the highest possible level. And I've worked Dang. with enough cops and enough time to know right? that's just not the case, man. And bro, even from a, you know, from where I grew up in being in that DC Baltimore, you know, area, Virginia area, um, dude, my brother, half brother, and he was he's a pretty bad guy. You know, he's been in jail multiple times and over stupid stuff. My sister, my blood sister, my real sister was in jail. Um, but for check fraud, you know, mm-hmm. the same, almost essentially this thing, you yeah. know, and, and she needed it, man, big time. And I've always, it was, it was weird when we grew up, you know, it was weird of some, some people get stuck in the wrong state of mind, but I think there is also a problem and I'll be the first to admit that as a black community and as a black guy, that you know, there is a problem with black on black violence. And I, I see it from, I don't know, dude, I don't even know why it is, but I get hate from certain people. And I'm not going to lie. There's certain neighborhoods that if I went to, or when I go home that I know to look at a certain person and Hey, I know that look, or I know this guy. So I use my preconceived first time my wife ever, you know, was brought to my neighborhood where we grew up at. Yeah. Dude, there was two, I was pumping gas and these two guys dressed in all black, long dreads. They walk up to the car and she was trying to get my attention. Like, Nick, Nick, help, you know, look, they're coming. And I look up and they're like, you know, we're friends. We grew up together. Yeah. And she was already in that, oh my gosh, here comes these guys. But these guys, I, they went to church with me. So you've never been in trouble like that. Yeah. It's just, uh, but I get it. And I, I get that, in my own community, I have to look at certain neighborhoods or don't go, go into certain neighborhoods like that. I would never go into the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, as a black guy. And I'm like, eh, it might get shot down here, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why. I think that, you know what I also blame, bro? 100%. My, I feel like my parents, when I say this, I don't even know, man, but I do. When they say, you know, the music has an influence, you know, and the culture has an influence. I see where they are coming from with that. And it's like, I grew up around, you know, Wu-Tang, Tupac and all this. And <laughs> You know, I had to, I had this little portable uh, radio that you had to dial the station, yeah. FM, FM, Me and my sister would huddle next to the corner in my, uh, near my bed and we'd listen to like all the rap stations. You know, we weren't allowed to listen to rap. It was either classical or, or uh, right. Christian music. And it was, uh, uh, the influence now, it's, it's, I've seen it of, and I listened to it, so I can't relate to it, but it's a lot of, you know, like, uh, it's just stupid music, man. It doesn't improve anything. It's just the it's const- the, the, the anger. Constant, yeah, exactly. It perpetuates the anger. It perpetuates yep. the narrative that societies are at each other's throats. That uh-huh. this, it, this it, racism is is a just ingrained into the human mm-hmm. condition. We will never get rid of it. Do you? Is that mm-hmm. a, is that the reality we're facing? Do I think so? No. If if I believe that, then I would have to take all my philosophy books and the Bible and, and burn them and burn because it. Right? In the end, yeah. In the end, you know, good always prevails, you know, 
and 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 being united is 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 the only cause where I think that we're here for. And if you're a spiritual person, religious person, you know, when we all go to that next place or wherever we go, uh, that place only consists of being with one thing, and that's pure love. Yeah. You know, no matter how you look at it. So I I think that eventually, some at some point, you know, God, the absolute, whatever you want to, you know. It's, it has to win. You know, it's, it's the law of nature. If you look at anything in nature, you know, yeah, it, it, it has to win. Right now, we're just in that great duality of, of, of uh, you know, consciousness, good and evil, right and wrong. And Well, we're being think- forced to ask those real questions. Who am I and mm-hmm. why am I here? What's yeah, my yeah. meaning? How, how am I going to impact my... Well, we live 100... 100- a hundred years. I looked at this uh, thing or popped up on the TV yesterday, like 76 years old is like the average of, of life within a certain community. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, for some of us that we're almost halfway there. Oh yeah, brother. And I'm right you, there. Right? <laughs> and if we look at it that way, I'm like, I look at myself now. I'm 30. Jeez, wait, 34. I'm 33, bro. I'm 34. 1986. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I stopped literally thinking about age a long time ago. That's cool. Like That's we don't good. celebrate birthdays. I haven't celebrated a birthday personally since. Well, John Cena did one on TV. Right, I was, right. I didn't even know, but yeah, I haven't. I've never celebrated a birthday ever since. Is the reason why birthday. is that every day is your birthday because of what you've seen and what you've experienced, or is it you? Is it the you'd rather contemplate? the totality of every day as opposed to one singular moment that you can revel in the success of, I made it another year. Yeah. Yeah. It's just always being, you know, glad or happy, thankful, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially as of late, like I've, I've, I've used to say in the past July, 2009, I was supposed to die. You know, I watched it. I watched, I felt it. I watched death, had a conversation with it, you know? And Every day after that, or soon after, when I, you know, fix some things up here and, and drop some old bad habits, man, it was like, yeah, Freedom. every day is, is it, it, it's a good day to be alive, you know, it's a good day, and time's short, man, time's, time's short, and it, let, let, let's say we are supposed to be 100 years old before we die, you know, what, I look at it, man, that's so insignificant, you know, to even think that it matters that yeah. much, that my preconceived notions are my hate I need to display so bad, my anger so bad that the 100 years, and I'm only pretty functional for about 60 of those years, 70, I'm not fighting. If that, or, if that, you know because, I mean? of your, because of your inability to, con- to conceptualize the, the, the greater ideas mm. of life, right? Yeah, bro. Greater beauties yeah. of life. We're, we're so, when we're young, we're so narrow. Like with me, I remember you know, I was so narrow-minded, especially when I went into the program and I was like, man, if I don't get to the end of this to experience this one little thing, this one yes. little, this one little minute experience, I am not worthy. I am not Bro, a man. You felt the same way? Same exact way. Wow, dude. Yes. And that was, that was life to me. And then after that happened, it's like, now what? You know, it was now what after that? Okay, I did that. Now what? And, you know, the things that we've been through and things that we've seen, it's like, oh, maybe it's a maturity thing, man. I just see a lot of, uh, it's very simplistic. It's a very simple way of thinking to, to always just walk around hating something. Like, my, I, I'm, I'm not that, it sucks to say, but if we look deep down inside, we're all important, I get it. But the time we, hear, the time we have here on earth, 
It's so minuscule, man, and it's going to keep going. When we were all quarantined inside, nothing stopped out there in Mother Nature. It went on, if not even happier. Oh, what's that, right? The ozone cleared up. The sea turtles started hatching on beaches. Flamingos came. I mean, it was remarkable. My my favorite. Sharknado almost happened, (laughs) you know. Killer hornets. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. And I look at it like, so we don't really matter that much here on Earth, man. We, when we're all dead and gone, we could all be wiped away. And at the end result of that, the earth is only going to be happier. So that tells me, us being here, we're kind of like the virus, you know? We've become the virus. And, and especially in times this, like this, when we see exactly. this. Exactly. Yep. The, the challenge is for me, though, Nick, is that. Got to clean ourselves, man. Yeah, we, we, you do. And you have to clean yourself from inside out. That's the only right. way the cleaning happens, right? Yep. And, yep. and thankfully, if you're willing and you're, you're available to it, your children can begin that process. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you're not old enough to have a child, even if you have a younger sibling or you have a family member that has or a cousin or aunt, you, you see children out there who mm-hmm. are witnessing, who are, bar- who are, who are witness right. to this grotesque interaction right. of civil society. This is civil society. Dude, I didn't think of it like that. Uh, it, it, we are continuing, we are perpetuating this concept of hate. And, and for yeah. me, the big wake-up call was, man, when I first went, my first pump over was probably the summer of 02. So I landed in, in Bagram in NMA 02. Uh-huh. And I had conjured up this hatred for Afghan people. I yes, didn't care yes. And they just, yep. I, I, my good buddy, Matt Bourgeois, just got blown up at Tarnock Farms. Wow. Man, we'd lost Neil Roberts at Roberts Ridge. And, yep. and I was just steaming. I hate, and I wanted to hate. And I remember yep. allowing myself to hate kids because an ODA uh-huh. unit uh, that was near us, they'd had a guy in their navigational lead vehicle, the navigator was handing out Skittles and some kid dropped in a, a grenade and, and killed him. And, oh my and, God. and I remember I rigged up a pistol, a, a, a holster on my steering wheel and the DPV. And, you know, you'd go through the villages, man. And those kids would pick up those rocks yes, sir. And, yep. and, I, and I'd start drawing down on kids yep. and I'd be yeah, like, yeah, go yeah. ahead, go ahead, throw it. You know, I never know? had that experience until I started contracting. Yeah. And I was, yeah. And at the first time I ever thought about Oh my gosh, I think I might have to do this was contracting. And this kid, hey, I was doing a uh, garden, a venue. We had put our principal inside in this uh, little courthouse venue. And a kid is on the outer exterior, you know, gate or whatever. And he has a water bottle. I didn't know it was a water bottle at the time, but he walked over and he has this weird look. And he looks at us like dead in your eye, man. And he pulls out this water bottle like that. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm already twitchy of how fast can I get this pistol out? You know, I'm, it, it was, a weird moment and I was yeah it's weird bro it's weird yeah 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 and and the point I'm making is that is that hatred stayed with me for years mm. afterwards mm. even as I was dealing with what I went through that deployment and uh-huh. and it wasn't until the next time I was over there I'd start working for Blackwater and I was deployed in mm. the spring of o- or the fall of 05 I remember we'd gone up to Mazar Shari and made this hit and and man it was this really strange time for me and and I remember going in a compound and seeing all these kids and I remember just going to myself man these kids all they know is hate and I'm producing more of that as I walk into this space 
And it's just, it was so debilitating that it was like, all right, I got to stop. Oh, I got you. Let's see. I think your mic's off. Good. There we are. All right. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So I'm, I'm hopefully that didn't, that I didn't lose that whole recording. I don't think I did, but I'm recording now. So let's just, we'll go right here. Three, mm -hmm. two, one. Um, so my point is, is that after building up all this hate in myself and mm -hmm. allowing it to contort the way I imagine my world around me, man, I was lucky. I had this second experience with these kids and that shifted my focus again. It said, Hey man, if I'm at the end of this rifle, I'm part of the problem and I don't want to live my life perpetuating the concept that we reinforce our way of yeah. thinking onto someone else through the barrel of a gun. Yeah. It's yeah. never worked in, in the history of, of, of humanity other than to dominate a force and then to whatever. Yeah. And, and you, you start to go, my God, is that where we're at right now that that's what we have to do? We have right. to shift the consciousness that's in our country through the barrel of a gun right now? Or Sad, with, man. Or with a brick in our hand? Sad. Yeah, both ways, both ways, both ways. And I think that's important for everybody to acknowledge that, you know, it's, you know, I, I uh, we can't allow the narrative, whatever that narrative is, whatever you believe the narrative is, we can't let it be, I guess, shifted or, 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 or told to us, you know? If you were told, I think that, you know what would be a great thing is if, let's say if a, a, a person not of a black, not, not, not being black, right? Not a non-black individual, uh, feels whatever they feel about the protest or this whole movement, go ask a black person. I think there is a, 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 a fear or not even if, if, if it's the fear of the uncomfortability the uncomfortableness in the conversation, the same way it's, a, it's uncomfortable for me, you know, to have a conversation about that, racism and stuff. That, that, that just overwhelmed me. I got to tell you, I was, I was internally in my head. I'm like, my God, he's uncomfortable to discuss it right now. Yeah. I, everybody's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and, and Because it's, as a black guy, I think that we've been taught from uh, my family, you know, it's just, you're, you're taught, to accept it. It's just the way it is. Like, you know, if you get pulled over, don't, you know, reach for anything or, you know, put your hands out the window, turn the car off, you know, don't say anything. Yes, sir. And yes, I, sir. No, I sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, that's sir, how yes, I grew sir, up. Yeah. And I've never been taught anything other than that. Dude, if I ever thought about running from the cops or saying anything that dude, my, I couldn't imagine, bro, <laughs> I've had, I've had plenty of those whippings, but I couldn't imagine one of those. Uh, but it's just that you're taught to dude, another example, going to Denny's one time, we were driving down to Georgia uh, early in, or not early in the morning. It's like eight 30, nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, we stopped for, for food, me, my mom, my dad, on the family road trip, my sister. And we were told, you know, you can't not serve here. Uh, wow. That was like, that was weird, but okay. It is what it is. You just, you just get up and, and move on, but you never taught to question it because it could get bad or, or, or I don't know. You just always never taught to, 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 to to question it, you know, it, it's just that, hey, your parent, your great, great grandparents were this, and this is the story of being black, and that's about it, but, you know, and that's just the way it was, but I think now it's become so uh, out in the open, we kind of should talk about it, and 
I have, I, I honestly do think that maybe people do have preconceived notions of people of color and think that, oh, if I go talk to them about this, they're going to blow it. And I, I can see why too, like the African-American and black thing, how I've always seen it, dude, call me black, call me African-American. It was until I recently had a conversation that they didn't know what to call me. Like, do I call you black? And I was like, that's weird to me. You know, (laughs) why should that make you feel uncomfortable? And I, you know, talk to that person like, no, no, it it shouldn't be like that. You know, I think that that uncomfortability, uh, the uncomfortableness and and just having a a conversation about being black or with the black person or not knowing how to talk to or what should I address you as a black person, that that's one thing I think that that should definitely start. That's a start right there. You know, we should end that. Think about, think about this way. If you just begin with that, that that's an issue. Just mm-hmm. the, the initiator of a conversation is comfortable, mm-hmm. much less the intensity of the conversation that, that uh-huh. ensues after that, right? Yep. Of, of, you know, essentially our entire existence in America, there's mm-hmm. been racism involved. Yep. I mean, I think all cultures everywhere in the, in the world have it, but in particular, we, it has been a, a, a foundation, a, uh, a defining characteristic of America. Uh-huh. Not yep. that Amer- we're still the greatest country in the world. We've still, we've still pushed equal ri- uh, human rights farther than any other country, I believe. And, yeah. and, and we're going to continue to evolve. It's just right now yep. we have this, this, this very fortunate opportunity mm-hmm. to have a discussion now. Yep. Dude, I was just thinking when you said that, it's a, do you remember like those town hall meetings they would have after school shootings and stuff. Oh yeah. Tell, dude, I think we should have that same caliber of meeting publicized of your average, you know, not, not amongst politicians. I mean, the guys on the, on the ground, you know, like black people, white people, that's just the way it should be in an open dialogue of what certain people believe and how other people feel. And maybe we can find a commonality or a common ground on that for the world to see. I think right now the world is seeing, and the United States as a, as a nation is seeing too much clashing right now. Absolutely. But to see two different parts of the playing field, and that's the narrative I think that is being pushed. They've separated between black and white, even though I think it's about everybody having the same opportunities, same whatever amongst everybody. You know, I don't think it's a black and white thing. And my, you know, like I said, my wife's Mexican. So it's, a, it's an open dialogue of just, Hey man, I'm willing to listen. What do you, what do you what do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? Yeah, let's it, not even things? like hey, this is exactly what we need to get to. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but what what is the dialogue that needs to happen? And I think so many yeah. people yeah. that that's what you know. And mm-hmm. and and all you got to do is spend five. Like I I read I read every single one of the people who posted on your stuff. I mm-hmm. went to, I've gone to LeBron James. I went to Ben Harper's. I went, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I yeah. tried to find a spectrum of reality, yeah. you know, yeah. from Killer yeah. Mike to people, you know, Remy's posts mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and David's and, and, and I'm just trying to wrap yeah. my mind around the totality of differences and how people mm-hmm. are thinking. And, and what I've come down to is, yeah, everybody realizes that the, the murder of a human mm-hmm. being in broad daylight is a tragedy. Yep, yep, yep. The 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 yep. murder of a black man in broad daylight by a white police officer, that's regularity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and that's a problem. If if mm-hmm. like you said, if everywhere you go, you have to be conscientious about 
whether or not you're in the right place, the right time, whatever, mm -hmm. that's an issue. I mean, for me, the big kind of, you know, one of the big lights that went off uh -huh. at this hole and why I really wanted to reach out and have, get your opinion on this was, you know, one of, one of Jonna's friends uh, is married to a black guy and, and she, every time he leaves the house, she's petrified something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and I think to myself, is that, is that a, is that possible? Is that a reality? You should ask my wife that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. as you're going down to bring context to what's going on, she's petrified that you're going to be pulled off to the side and made an example of. I believe this, bro. And I've, granted, and I, I, I blame stereotypes on this. You know, I do look, my parents, I guess you could say, fits a, a certain description, right? Right. So I, I'm like, man, if I do or if anything were to happen, I am who I am. I'm a, I'm a you know, non-confrontational. I don't, I don't act a certain way, and I present myself a certain way. And if I'm not in the wrong of anything, I'm not in the wrong of anything, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not I'm not personally scared of it, of anything happening on, on to that nature, and just the the person who I know I used to be, you know, I can take care of myself. But I don't know. It I see where you're coming. I, I can see. I yeah, definitely see that. Where you had talked before about these town hall things, and 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 one of the things that I remember as a kid growing up, man, I because for me a, a big paradigm shift for my my little my little world in Boca Raton obviously was when, when, uh, uh, you know, easy E comes out and, and now I used yeah, to, yeah. and then I discover iced tea and, 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 uh -huh. you know, and I'm watching the movie colors for first time uh -huh. and I'm seeing the intensity of that gang war that was happening in, 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 yeah. in, in LA but then I also see the heads of the Bloods and the Crips come together and they, they mm -hmm. construct a peace deal that then yep. the, the, the police department of all those areas come on board and say, we're in with you. And they, they sent representatives yep. and they conjured up this, although probably, I don't know, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how long that piece lasted or what, what the significance mm -hmm. of it was from a generational perspective, but I, I know it happened. And yeah, it was yeah, a positive yeah, yeah. thing. So is it, is it a thousand little town halls at schools around the country that works? Is it a major, oh. major something in, in Washington? Where, where is it? Or is it in every epicenter there's a riot going on? Ah, there you go, bro. That's what I think. I think everywhere that this is happening, that shows you that there obviously is a concern or something, a message they want to be heard have that in every major city where this is happening at. And it would start essentially, I guess, at, lead, at the leadership at the top level and disseminate down. This is how it should be done or conducted or whatnot. Have these open dialogues, you know, in every city where this is, you know, taking part, taking place from the people on the ground and, and with the representative, uh, representatives from the other party, you know, not just the police or whatever party that may be, you know, and an open dialogue. Um, I just, uh, I honestly think we've been too, used to this and, 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 and social media and not interacting with, with humans anymore, man. You know, we got to get out and talk to people, ask questions. That's the only way you're going to learn anything, you know, and 
That's where the truth lies. In, you know? That's where the truth yep. lies, right? The truth doesn't lie in, in, in 146 characters or, uh-huh, or, uh-huh. or in some airbrush photo. The truth lies yeah. with what's in your heart to talk about uncomfortable stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. any relationship, whether it's a personal relationship, a relationship with your child, with your friends, mm-hmm. man, those moments where you're vulnerable and authentic and honest and those are the moments where those real fears can be put on the table. And and then, and then also this, this um, misconception or this convoluted idea that's based on generalities or, or Mm -hmm. profiling Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Right. That's, that's what we have Mm -hmm. to push through. Yeah. 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 And I get it. There's certain times when, when profiling is is necessary, but, you know, from my, my experience and did it, it's, I think people have just become scared of each other. You know, I honestly do. I think wow. we've gotten so scared of each other that it's hit this, it's hit that stage now where uh, a fear becomes aggression because you're so scared. Now I want to, my next defense mechanism, when animals get big, the next thing after that, they want to attack, you know? Yeah, man. So it's their defense mechanisms, man. And, and everybody's at that boiling point right now. No one's taking that time to, Take a step back, dude. It's it's like you know in a firefight. Sometimes you have to after you that overwhelming fire superiority. Now it's time to calm down, and now we can maneuver. Now it's let's think about this for a second. You know, breathe. I think it, it should become that. Yeah, breathe yeah. exactly, bro. Just take yep. that breath. Take that pregnant uh-huh. pause. Take that and look around. Is everybody okay? <laughs> How many it, rounds uh-huh. you got left? Right? Is everybody? Yeah. Good? yeah. All right. Hey, we need yep. to go that direction. Let's go. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Dude, I think America needs that moment right now, that quick, that tactical pause. A hundred percent. Who needs to be telling America that right now? Who needs to be the people that are, I, I know, you know, it, it, in the midst of the rage, people are saying, mm-hmm. hey, wake up, wake up. They're shaking people. Hey, wake up and acknowledge the truth of how we feel, right? That's mm-hmm. the one thing yep. that, you know, I, I think for many, many years I struggle with and still continue mm-hmm. to struggle is that I, if I see a particular solution or a problem, I'm, I'm negating the probability that other people's feelings are a reality of the situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're not an obstacle to, to steamroll over. It's a part of my, our collective problem that I need to be yeah. aware of. And, you know, and it's, and I'm just, man, it, it's, it's a challenge for me. It's mm-hmm. a challenge for me to stop and say, anyone, well, anyone, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? You know? Yeah. What am I feeling right now? Yeah. Did I feel a separation amongst America as a whole? You know, I honestly do feel that like there's a separation of, I don't know, man, there, there, it shouldn't be this way. You know, and I look at my kid, everything is about my kid now. Like I would not want him to, you know, look at TV or go out in public and have to feel a certain way. So I think I feel uh, a big divide. I honestly do feel a big divide and a certain demographic feels that they, and do I, okay, I'll be the first to say, do I think, let's say the president of the United States is racist. I don't know the man. I've never talked to him. Do I think so? I honestly, I, I don't. I got some weird theories about what I think he is. And sometimes I think he's trying to say something and maybe some puppet masters are like pulling some strings sometimes. And He's warning. I do. I get weird vibes sometimes about that from him because it comes out to be true. And um, you know, and then there's sometimes I think that maybe the age group of the people we elect to be the leaders of this nation maybe need to be 
lower down a little bit. Like, right, let's get right. some younger guys in there. I think the, you know, a certain mentality and uh, mind. And dude, let's face it: if you're 70, 80 years old, you're not witty. You're not. No one would be. You're I not in be. touch, and especially if you isolated by the ivory tower of politics uh -huh. or academia or wherever. Yep. Yeah. You lose touch with what's going on for sure. Yep. And I, I can see that. So I think that uh, I think that this, we need to. It's hard to say, man. Uh, there's a great divide. I do feel that. I feel. How do I feel? I feel sometimes that I feel two different ways. Sometimes it's like, man, I don't care anymore. Like anymore, let this thing play out. Let it burn. You know? Yeah, let it I'm burn. I'm gonna be all right. My family's yeah. gonna be all right. You guys all go do your thing and yeah. the ashes. I'll come out and help you rebuild. But yeah, I'm not I do. I've had that thought, you know, a couple of times. And then I think about, I don't know, man, the other side of it of what if this goes too far? Or what if one side feels like that's it? We were never heard. And it goes on again. And we're, dude, I think we're one more video away before things could just get really crazy. Oh, there'll be mean? gun, there'll be gunfights in the streets. One more. Exactly. One more. Yeah. Hey, even now, if there's, if there's a video in the next several days, Oh, where man. three or four National Guardsmen open up on uh -huh. a group of guys that are carrying or whatever that start yeah. point, and then there's a gunfight in the streets, man. That, takes that's, one. that's it. My, my, my thing is, man, people don't have, you know, unless you have been exposed to it, right? You, you've been mm -hmm. overseas, you've been in combat, you grow up mm -hmm. in a city like South Chicago where you see violence and death and you live in that ready for it. you live in that existential yeah. reality every single day you can't even begin to fathom the impact it has and mm -hmm. i go back to watching you know that show about grant and and the first you know the first one that really hit me was you know when he was in the battle of shiloh and 27,000 yeah. men died in one day right 27,000 in one day i couldn't fathom like what is the amount of blood and bodies is just how do you cause that much destruction in a day? That's a yeah. lot of hate, man. That's, 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 that, that's hate that is destroying family members. Yeah. That's hate that changes the course of history. Exactly. And, and people don't recognize, like you said before, we put these veils on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We want to look through life through a particular veil as to either yep. protect ourselves or to ignore. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Bro. Yep. It's to protect or to ignore. And and it's all be to make uh, our, ourselves feel comfortable, you know? No one wants to be uncomfortable. That's why guys in the military are put in uncomfortable situations through training. You know, nobody likes being uncomfortable and there's a large attrition rate for, you know, being a SEAL. I always thought I wanted to be a SEAL. And I'm, I went to the beach recently and it's like 70 degree water. I'm like, wait, there's no way I'm touching 50 for whatever that temperature you guys were in. No, no, I, I am not a cold guy, you know? So what I have, it, it's what we don't like being in, in uncomfortable situations, right. you know? And I get it. You want to put these protective visors on, so you, you know, protect, to protect yourself from being uncomfortable. But what does that really do? I think it only causes more damage if you walk through life like that. Eventually you'll bump into something with that veil over your face. Absolutely. It, it, structure or it'll stuff. bump into yeah. you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. It, it's before, before we end up, I, I, I want to get in a couple more little things. All right. I, I just, mm -hmm. I just uh, uh, elected you 
Uh, I want you, Nick Irving, to go down to the central part of the riots tonight, and I want you to bring everybody in, into a big circle, right? Into a big, uh-huh. into a bit, you know, you know, right, right. rally up right here, everybody. Uh-huh. And I'm going to, I'm going to break out this really beautiful podium that I made for you. And it's got, you know, it's got all, all your stuff on there to validate you the reason why you right. have it. And I'm going to put you up there and I'm going to get a great sound system out there for you. I'm going to oh. let you play open with your own then guitar I, song. Then I get assassinated. Dude, weird thing. I'm, I'm, uh, 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 like shy, whatever you stage fright. Are you I really? Dude, huge, dude, before, like uh, growing up, my parents would have me play, uh, I played Furley's and I played a few other songs for the church and dude, like I was the most nervous I've ever, I'm, I'm terrified, I start shaking real bad. Wow. Even the record for Instagram, bro, like that's not me. I'm terrified. I hate it. Well, I'll tell you this, I don't feel that from you. I feel really? the most natural, beautiful, insightful, well thought out, honest that you could even imagine it's beautiful Bro, the man. only reason why i post musical stuff is to help myself break yeah. out of being that way i'm terrified every time i dude i'm like oh my gosh this is so freaking dude i'll play it by myself it's like singing in the, in the shower yeah. man i can i feel like i can i can feel the music really really good right and it takes over sometimes but then i finish push record i'm like oh yeah well so so you're out there and you stand mm-hmm. up what are you going to say to everybody? What do you say first to everybody? And then what is the main message you want them to understand to move forward? First thing I say, peace be still. No, I'd say, uh, yeah, right, <laughs> brother. Oh my gosh. People I'd don't say, understand uh, the power of that. They don't. Right? Nobody Bro. understands that. Yeah. That's probably the first thing I would say in front of a crowd like that. And then bring them like to one of the points to where, you know, if if there is a valid message, and I'm not saying there is or is not a valid message, but even if there is, wouldn't it be respectful for another fellow American, fellow man, brother, sister, however you view that person, to even just open your ears and listen? And for that other side, the easiest way to be heard sometimes, now that everyone has, you know, each other's attention, let's calm down. Uh, there's no more screaming now, you know? Let's, let's have a well-thought-out, constructed, conversation get three bullet points or get one bullet point just one just one the main focus that everybody in this movement can come underneath that main point put it in one sentence present that sentence amongst that that group of individuals and let's say forget numbers and statistics or whatever because i think those things can be changed by man anyways and institutions anyways that have a larger agenda at play so numbers can be manipulated but if these are what the people feel, then listen to those people. And now let's have a conversation about that. If that side feels that it's not doing this way, then present your, your, your evidence or what you guys feel. Is it because you feel threatened or is it because it's just the nature of the game and out on the streets it is, you never know uh, what could happen at a, at a traffic stop or whatever. If that's the case, then let's calm down, bring back, and let's look at training at that point. You know, let's look at different ways we can train our officers and, and, uh, the average 19-year-old who goes overseas and deploys is doing a lot of crazy things, and he's expected to not shoot that innocent person or make a bad call or, you know, things of that nature. So we could uh, really focus on training. Uh, well, Tim Kennedy, put out, Tim, Tim Kennedy put out this great piece yesterday or the day mm-hmm. before about just training, 
Just mm-hmm. what would training do? Better training for police yeah. officers, right? De-escalation, yeah. better control techniques or tactics. Mm-hmm. But I mean, right? just the yeah. basics of, of, of prisoner handling could change, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, 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 you know, in, in all of these things, but, you know, I always come back to, you know, the, the, the specific moment, right? This mm-hmm. moment. And what was in that, that bastard's head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, 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 to sit there and to deny mm-hmm. the most basic right of, to a human being, which is breath. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there has to be checks and there has to be, I think. And once that is my personal opinion, I think we talked about that power, how it can get, you know, so big. And dude, I think there has to be a certain check checks and balances amongst that, uh, let's say a, a force or something like that. Let's say if, if I think that the, the law is kind of, you know, uh, looked over sometimes on in the favor of someone because they work for that institution or that entity or whatnot in some way, shape or form. So um, there has to be a little bit more stricter, uh, stricter laws or punishment and vetting processes. And, you know, uh, you can only get in trouble so many times. And I get that there's people who have grievances with, law enforcement they put out bs stuff i get that but i mean legitimate claims of 18 hey man reasons. this is yeah. yeah exactly and i'm like yeah. you can have so many and you know uh, maybe the hours of the police force or maybe i don't know man there has to be a, a change somewhere within the police force i get it I look at spec op guys do they deploy for short periods of time because the op tempo is so intense. so heavy so high it's intense. intense you don't want you'll burn out quick so maybe there has to be a certain limitation on uh, hours are, are, are different places they go to police force, or maybe it's a change up. Hey, you know, it's terrible as to say, but instead of being in Chicago, go police Beverly Hills for wherever, you know, right? A year. We'll move your family to, there, I don't know, something like that. There has to be a break, a mental break, a mental separation, visual separation from this demographic that you've maybe learned or become to hate or over time, because that's the only thing you've seen is these people are this way. They're all like that, you know? And that's a problem in and of itself. People don't recognize how intolerant we become when we're inundated with, yeah. with, the, with the, the terrors, the tragedies of life day in and day out. I, I'll never forget, you know, I, I went my first, you know, after 18 Delta back then, we were going to New York City for our, our paramedic certs, right? And wow. within, I'll never forget, first guy I go in, uh, older guy, gentleman, heart attack. I'm on him. I'm, you know, I take over for the firefighter. I run him through 45 minutes. The guy looks over me and goes, all right, wow. doc calls it. And I'm sitting there, I'm sweating bullets. All my shit's everywhere on the ground. Wow. It's an, a two bed, two, two room apartment in the Bronx. And the, the mom or the, the wife, the son and his girlfriend are standing oh. at his head. Dang. I'm sitting here and the, the senior guy, 22 years on a, as a paramedic there, the other guy, 18 years. And I'm, he finished and this guy's dead in front of me. And I look up and I'm like, all right, well, what do we do now? And he's like, Hey man, pick up your shit. Let's go. I'm hungry. Let's go eat. And he says this in front of the family member. And I'm like, and I stand up and I pull him over to the side and I go to him. I go, Hey man, should we wait for the body? Should we cover him up? What should, yeah. should we do? And he's like, Ah, man, that's not our problem. That's the cops. Now he's dead. Let's go eat, man. I'm hungry. And in that, and then I saw, and then all of a sudden my eyes are open. I'm like, whoa, Uh, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Detached. 
why are you so detached from the death of that human? Because they see it day in and day out. And then yeah. you talk to cops like who've yeah. been on, like I've become friends with Bernie Carrick, right? And mm-hmm. talk to him. And one of the great challenges was when guys would get burnt out. They'd be on the street mm-hmm. running vice or whatever for months, undercover, yeah. whatever, just like us. Uh-huh. You know, there was a time post-World War II where the psychologists said, and it was mostly after the Battle of Bulge, that 30 days mm-hmm. sustained combat uh, irreparably damage the human psyche, right? Wow. Wow. Well, you fast forward to na- and and they also and, and the, according to um, Dave Grossman, they had a trigger pull ratio of what twenty percent, right? Twenty percent of guys wow. in combat were actually uh-huh. pulling the trigger. Everybody else uh-huh. was hiding, right? Uh-huh. Well, nowadays in our world, it's like ninety nine point nine percent of guys are pulling that trigger, and they're yep. doing six months sustained, yep. one year sustained. Yep. I can imagine at the tier one level. I Uh have, I have a couple friends still there 20 plus years, 700, 800 combat missions. Now, bro, it changes you has to. So whether you're on a force that has that, that, that has, that has a, a veil of, of, of racism built in, or mm-hmm. you're in a neighborhood where you're fighting to survive every day through drugs mm-hmm. or prostitution or whatever, man. Yeah. Over the course of time, the human heart becomes hardened. Has to, bro. Yep. Has to. And dude, I was dude one. I was never like. It was a point in time where my my parents always tried to keep me away from that stuff, but I became rebellious at one point. Not you know try to join a gang and stuff like that. And it was one of those things, man. Where uh, I don't know you you. you I started questioning, like, bro, do you wake up this way? Like, just hard. I was getting tired of it, man. It, I think was, about the pressure, man. Look at look yeah. at what the pressure did to us. And that yeah. these people are living their entire lives. Can't imagine. I can I used to. I used to question that to my own, like my friends. Like, dude, how do you wake up just looking and being hard all the time? It that freaked me out, dude. I still talk about it to this. How do you do that? There's, I used to think it was impossible, but I knew guys who would wake up, see them when they get off, you know, out of the house and you see you know, nine times out of 10 single, you know, family home and mm-hmm. mom was working endless jobs, never home. So the guy was raised literally by, you know, the street and his friends and older guys who had bad influences and they lived a really hard life. And these kids, yeah, it, it's, it, it's weird, man. It's weird, but it changes everything. Your psyche, your mental makeup, it changes how you are about everything, life in general. Well, I mean, at, at, at its root core, biologically, they, they've seen it, it can shrink your amygdalas. Uh, oh. it, can, it can impede the growth of your hippocampus. Uh, all these baseline neurological uh, uh-huh. issues from pro- lo- long prolonged states of hyper-anxiety or hypervigilance, right? Wow. All that cortisol dump just, uh, just, it's like poison in your brain. Now you combine that with uh, the emotional effects, the behavior. I just learned something. Right? The behavioralism yeah. of what you're seeing. And as children, we naturally mimic what we see. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think now when I, I you know, because I'm, you know, we, we, don't, we're, we don't sugarcoat what our kids are mm-hmm. seeing. We talk honestly to them about yeah, it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and in my mind here, I'm going, yeah, that's one thing for me. But Nick, what are you going to? teach your child right now what are the lessons that you want them to learn from right now i'm teaching my son all well first thing is to always be a man you know i teach him to always look someone in their eye like to it to always have respect always look at everyone in the eye 
And when we're in the public, I always say, say hi. If Don't just stare at someone. If you're going to stare, then damn it, say hi. You know, make yourself known and say hi to that person. It, teach them that. To be a man. And your word is everything. You know, if I tell my – my son never forgets anything, bro. He taught me that. Uh, I told him it was a long time ago, and he keeps this routine. If I tell him something the night prior, I thought that, yeah, you can have ice cream when you wake up, thinking he's, you know, two years old. He'll forget about it that very next morning. Dad, dad, downstairs, ice cream, ice cream. And I was like, oh, I can't go back on it, even though I know he should have. But that taught me, hey, be careful what you say. And if you say something, stick to it, you know? Yeah. Teaching him a lot about that and, and teaching him also who I am. And not so much teaching, but hey, he knows that his mom is Mexican and he knows that his dad is black. Whether he knows, he knows that there's color black and stuff like that. Right. But, you know, I teach them that, that, there's no separation. Hey, there's you right here. Your mom is this, your dad is this. I love your mom. Mom loves me. Here you are. And I don't, I don't, I've never, as much violence as, as I've been exposed to, the only violence I think he's seen is on a video game and I cut it off. I was playing probably a video game I shouldn't be playing. It was Grand Theft Auto. And I looked over <laughs> and I see him watching me play this game. I was like, whoa, this is, wait a minute, you know? And I just, it, that's as far as I think he's ever seen it. I've never, I don't have any, and he sees me read a lot too. So I think yeah. that from, you know, growing up and being a black guy I've, I've, and being around, I'm an author. So I have book signings and I see who comes to those book signings and who I see the larger demographic of who buys my books. And I do think that, and I know and I see there's an issue in that, that, hey, as a black guy, maybe we should read more too. I think that, you know, that's fundamental. You know, and not our schooling system is, you know, sometimes not for some reason, there's a bad stigma about being smart and black. You know, it was a point yeah. in time where I thought being that I came home after uh, I used to be terrible. And the reason one of the big reasons why I was purposely terrible in school was because if I was smart in school, you get beat up for it from the guys who I hung around, you know. So it was cool to be not doing work and paying attention and being dumb. But, yeah, I think that not being ashamed of being smart is what I'm going to tell my son. Wow. You know, and, and really preach on them of not being ashamed of, dude, there's nothing wrong with, with learning. And if you're interested in what's considered to be nerdy, dude, take that and run with it. You know, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed of, of any, you know, uh, occupation. He liked truck drivers at one point. My wife asked, she's like, well, what if you wanted to be a truck driver or a garbage truck? I was like, I don't, get, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. You know, no one's better than anybody, you know, and this is coming from a guy who shouldn't be here from where I grew up, you know? Right. And no one's better than anybody. man. I can still go back to the old neighborhood and still relate to those guys because I know, hey, man, there's no there's no difference between me today or, or anybody. man. There's no difference. I think just that simplicity in itself that wherever my son may be in his spectrum or totem pole of life, I'm going to look at him a certain way. And that's how he should view everything else, too, you know, as well. And 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 this scripture that I learned of a while ago, but resonates now of. of it is written into our law that we are gods too. And knowing that, that it's not written by man or anything like that, it's a universal law, a spiritual law that, hey, you're made in the image of, of God, of a God, that therefore makes you one. Operate and be yourself as such. Once you start doing that, you'll see that in the view of everybody that, hey, you know, you're a God, bro. You know, I look at people like that. I had a conversation with the, the people who come around in the malls and they talk about, you know, and 
I've addressed that person. Hey, you're a God, you know, and no, there's only one God. It's like, you may want to check that. Hey, we're made in that image. I'm not saying you are the, but you are a representative of one. You are one, you know? And, you know, when the great teacher left, man, he left us with that power. You'll be able to do everything that I did and then some. So that should say it all in itself that, yeah, I think we have more power than we believe, man, you know, and are, are told or are seen. We all need to view each other that way. That's the totem pole speech, our totem in front of the crowd speech. There it is, yeah. I tell you what, I, I just hope and pray one of these days you give up and give that speech, Nick. I, you, you're a powerful voice, not only for our community, but for the black community, for the white community, for all people right now. You've seen and done and experienced the totality of human life in, in many ways, right? You've, you've, you've gone down so many different places that can shape perspective that didn't that didn't force a perspective upon you, didn't allow yourself to, to be constrained by the will of others. Dude, you have a, you, we only, we have the power to see what we want to see, you know? Amen. That's it, brother. But I, I think, man, I'm all about love now, man. You know, I don't, I don't, dude, I'm, I'm on to a better place. You know, this is a pit stop for all of us, bro. Yeah. This is only a pit stop. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching you here and I'm going to be looking forward to what we do in the next life together, potentially. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. And just I'm, I'm just so honored uh, that you'd, you'd want to come on with me. And I'm just more than blown away about your uh, your leadership in all this and, and what you're trying to do, man. I just commend you. We're all one, bro. We are all one. One love. All bro. good, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. God bless you, buddy. God bless, brother.